everyone, and welcome to episode four of How to Heal. I am your host, Sumika Leon Pettit, and that was Stephen Halpern's Alpha Brainwave Enchantment Music, Relaxation and Inner Peace, from his Ocean Bliss CD. You can find Stephen's music at Stephen Halpern Music, and on YouTube at Stephen Halpern Music. Stephen will also be here on the fall, and we'll share his new projects, and his story on his healing music. I have discussed previously on this show our connection to the earth and how important it is to keep that connection in order for us not to get lost in the insanity of our world. A strong connection with the plant kingdom gives us the air we breathe and the nutrients we need for us to function properly in the physical world, which is essential. I did a couple of recent presentations on plant medicine and their healing from an energetic level. And I'm creating a course around this uh, with the benefits we receive from the plant kingdom, which can immediately connect us to nature and the cycles and seasons of our existence. You will also be able to read my recent article around this topic in this month's Herbaria newsletter, which brings me to our guest today, Jesse Wolf Harden, as an impactful author, ecosopher, ecological and societal activist, personal counselor, graphic artist, musician, and historian, a champion of both human and biodiversity, as well of, as nature's physical and spiritual medicines. He is the author of over 800 published articles and over 200 different publications, along with 25 acclaimed books, including The Enchanted Healer and The Practice of Herbalism. Together with his wife, Kiva Rose, They produced the periodical Plant Healer Quarterly. Most recently, they released the Illustrated Hedge Guild Oracle deck and book, providing clarity in our self-explorations and personal choices. They also produced the annual Good Medicine Confluence being held this year, July 18th, 16th, I'm sorry, through the 18th. So Wolf, welcome to How to Heal. Oh, what a pleasure to be here with you, Mika. I feel like I've known you forever. Oh, we certainly exchanged enough words. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So, so please, please tell the audience a little bit about your journey and uh, what's led you to the here and now. Hmm. Well, uh, initially, my work was with uh, nature awareness and environmental activism. And that almost inevitably, I think, led to a deeper understanding of plants and their applications. Healing as an herbal medicine seems like a perfect uh, support and extension even of, of plants as you know vital to the ecosystem. And the healing of the planet as an ecologist or an environmental activist is, is so akin to the healing of the body. In fact, it's come to my, my, my thinking that you can no longer do just one or the other effectively that as we tend ourselves, we need to tend the planet. How we tend the planet affects how the environment impacts our our actual physical health. And then, of course, just as important as our psychological, mental, and spiritual health, all, all of which are, are fed by uh, a sensibility about the natural world, which we're not a part of, but parts of. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, very, very nice. And uh, with your background, your extensive background, give give us a little bit of your, your history. How, how did all this 
form into um, what we're going to be talking about today, the, the magazine, the conference, uh, your, your Oracle deck. So did you start off being an artist or did you start off with, yeah. Depends how far, depends how far <laughs> we go, get back go, we're going, go, yes. go back as far <laughs> as you feel <laughs> to tell your story. Cause it, it sounds like such an interesting and diverse, you know, it's, I, I love it. I love it. I, I'm a very diverse person myself. So I like hearing other people's story around that. Well, I think it does trace all the way back to a nature loving toddler who was fascinated with everything in life who never accepted the status quo and, and challenged everything from the edicts of society to suggestions of my parents. But the one thing they did was to encourage that curiosity and that, and that uh, embracing of, of new ideas and new ways of thinking, explorations basically, uh, visions that we can then make real in the real world. Mm -hmm. And I was already speaking like that much to my mother's discomfort by the time <laughs> I was uh, you know, just five, six, seven years old. Uh, giving unwanted advice and uh, <laughs> insisting she go barefoot out in the yard and uh, get in touch with her own little girl. Oh, really? <laughs> so were you the were you the question asker, or or you know, did you give her the answers that you already knew? It, it just depended on if what was needed. <laughs> definitely been both. I, I think it helps to be a lifelong student. It makes it makes being a lifelong teacher so much more credible. Right. <laughs> And then uh, as a teenager, I ran away, not because I wasn't supported in, in the work I was doing in, the, in my life, my dreams, but rather to engage things on a more visceral level to find challenges. Uh, I, I hung out with street people and, and activists and, and thugs and uh, bikers and, and uh, street performers and all, just basically everybody at the fringes of the American reality, which is where I found it most stimulating. That's... That's where I got new ideas and new input rather than what was being regurgitated endlessly. And uh, so I, I took my hard knocks and my greatest inspirations uh, living right there at the edge. And I still think of my wilderness life in that way because it's, it's at the edge of the known and the beginning of the unknown. That's, that's where adventure and magic happens. Right. Wow. So you started your journey pretty early. By a teenager, you were pretty much into activism and you were just out there doing it. Yes, and that's, that, yes, yes. Yeah, is that where you got into being a musician too? Did you start early in music as well? Yes, yeah, started out as a drummer in, in Venice Beach, California, in fact, and then uh, moved from that to doing spoken word. Long before there was rap, there was there was my hippie spoken word and <laughs> on behalf of uh, Spirit in the Natural World and uh, bus, busking for a living, living underneath bridges, and, and then gradually segued to a what was more or less a vision quest, or at least a quest of finding out more from others about how to be who I am and to do what I feel called to do. I mean, I, I went and on a pilgrimage basically to see people like, you know, uh, Sunbear and Ralph Metzner and Alan Watts and Barbara Moore, the writer of The Great Cosmic Mother, and all the people who had influenced me through their written word back before internet, the, the written word, right? And, uh, to, felt, to see them in person and to ask them the questions that came to my mind that weren't answered in their books and their lectures. And that was probably three years given to that before I made a final, what I turned out to be a final move to the wilderness of New Mexico. And now it's been here ever since. 
And and how long has that been for you? Just well, on the on this particular piece of land, it's forty two years now, wow. which uh, dates me, and uh, makes me look silly for still acting like a little kid playing in the river. But <laughs> we're we're all kids. We're all kids. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and it sounds like you're using your your inner child very well. Um, and and how, is that where you started to grow plants, and you and your wife started to to get really into herbalism after you got the property? Yeah, it was. Um, Almost immediately, it was a matter of rewilding, which wasn't medicinal herbs in particular at the time. It was looking at a place that looks fabulous. I mean, amazing. I mean, to have to describe it at least a little bit. It's seven river crossings from pavement is the land we ended up purchasing. Wow. I had no money to buy it with and sold the engine out of my uh, traveling school bus art gallery so that it had no engine and parked it there in order to cover the down payment to start this adventure. I had no idea how I was going to make any of the payments because I had no money on reserve. But the feeling that I got there was incredible. I mean, first of all, the scenery was amazing. And secondly, that was having uh, something touch me like a new, you know, like a love affair affects you. And you know, it's beyond logic and rationale. This person <laughs> just draws you so strongly. <laughs> and right. it was this place was drawing me. And so all my illusions about being a, a uh, gypsy type person endlessly on the road <laughs> loving all places and all people equally just wasn't quite true in the, from that moment on there was one place where i needed to be not wanted not just wanted to be and while i still love all the other places i've been that's that's a place i actually planted my roots in and so much of the gifts that i've given to the world through my writings and and recordings and music and stuff has been because of what that place is providing and that's wow. it's so intense. So I, when I first got there, they said I had heard from this guy that this new place came up for sale, and you can't even. There's nothing there for the cows to feed on because it's a, it's a huge county with only two percent private land, and almost everybody is a conservative. The few twelve hundred people who live there, <laughs> and so they were thinking in terms of their cattle, and um, and indeed. Uh, it uh, became cattle free, much to their disdain. But but at the first crossing, even with it so eaten down in terms of the greenery by cows for 115 years, the bright, vivid, colored, you know, orange, purple, mm. pink cliffs just uh, wow. drawing before like a magnet, and 300-year-old, you know, trees, co cottonwoods that are take 15 people to reach around right you had a lot but, of inspiration so, so here i am at this at this point in each crossing it was seven river crossings from where a vehicle could have to stop and be parked down this narrow canyon of, of river and every the further i got in the more plant life there was the more wild animals there were the black hawk started calling me i could see ancient petroglyphs carved on the sides of the rocks and I imagine what it was prior to me. So part of my commitment to that place was that I would recreate as much as possible where it had left off prior to human impact. Wow. And I would do that by doing assessments, readings, and then actually get the seeds and start planting them. So it is what I coined rewilding so many years ago, which is not just protecting a piece of land for its beauty or whatever,
but seeing its intrinsic value, its potential authentic wholeness. And just like you would in uh, giving somebody therapy or a spiritual lesson, giving the place the opportunity to be its whole self once again, with all the animals that were there, with all the plants that were there. And that happened to include medicinal herbs. <laughs> so I was at a place where I could no longer go to the doctors whom I didn't trust anyway, for all the reasons that you well know. Right. But also here were plants. And so I had a, my very first field guide by a man who's now deceased named Michael Moore. And he's a very irascible character, um, not your typical uh, academic by any means, but he took a folk approach that combines science with you too can do it. You can do it in your kitchen. You can do it right there in your own home. You don't need to pay for experts always to mm -hmm. take care of yourself as part of the planet, take care of your body as an ecology. And so that's all I had was one book, but already I began encouraging the native plants that provided the healing for the people that have lived here so long ago. It's been a thousand years since the Mogollon peoples made that their most sacred place for their rituals. People Amazing. from 60 miles in every direction on the river came to that one spot as archeologists have verified my intuition on in order to do their prayers and their dances and whatever they did to honor the same spirit that I'm trying to honor, to give it a voice. And so for a thousand years, it had been all by itself protected just by its isolation. And now with humans becoming, even in an isolated place like that, more and more of a, through, the, through their cattle, through their hunting, more and more of an impact, I was, I felt called to resume in some way, as humbly as I can, that job of guardianship and caretakership, which ended up providing me with spiritual and artistic inspiration at the same time that I gave my all and still give my all to a place. That is amazing. And, and, and so you and Kiva are making medicines from this place as well? Yeah, well, for years we did. Now we make them for, uh, for other people we did as bare medicine herbals, but our, our work as communicators has taken over all of our spare time to where, uh, no, I don't, shouldn't say spare time, just taking all of our time. <laughs> and uh, as, because of that, because of being champions of herbalism as a practice and art and champions of the plants is that there just hasn't been the, the time to make, to make it for others anymore. We still make a lot of our own from the native plants that grow there and we, are given gifts of or trade for great uh, you know, preparations from people all over the United States that support the work we do. So we still, all of our health is still based on, predicated on plants and what they can provide. We don't use a, a regular practitioner. And, uh, and, and at the same time, the plants are healing our body. They're endlessly providing us with what we need to continue this work. And the, in the face of all the distraction and the obstacles and the, and the, you know, the, the social polarization, it's a constant reminder that not only can it feed our bodies and make our bodies more well, but it can be, make us well in the ways we need to give back to each other and to the world. Exactly. It connects us naturally back to um, a, a, a more um, homeostasis or a balanced, a balance with the, with, our, with nature, just even being around the plants and, 
and uh, and having it in your life. I was going to ask you that about your your day to day with your family and the plants and 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 that being a part of, of your life on a, a daily practice and I'm sure in different ways. And is that how Herbaria and Plant Healers magazine began? Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> Kiva was having such an impact on people just by people we would run into and talk to and her obsession and passion about plants was so in, in such you know would infect people to such a degree oh, yeah. that that it just made sense to me that we find teaching opportunities well living as where we do in new mexico we're about as far from being convenient as we could get in terms of people coming to a large uh you know bringing us to a large event i mean we're talking all the way to the east coast at that time in order to to uh, attend and teach at a conference of any size. Mm -hmm. So I suggested we start one. So even, <laughs> bef even before Plant Healer Quarterly, we, we uh, initiated an event with zero experience or knowledge about how to do that. And that's, we're now in our 11th year. And, and then it, the Edward Confluence was named something else before? Was the name it, different? Yes, it began, it's had a few incarnations. Uh, okay. I'm told for branding's sake, we shouldn't do that, but uh, it began as the traditions in Western medicine. It, it was traditions in Western healing. It was about the traditions of Appalachian hill people and Native Americans and, you know, the, the hoodoo practitioners, um, all how that was not only credible, but, but a vital uh, set of understandings that are native to this place that belong to this place that are part of this culture of this this land at the intercession of land and culture and so uh yeah it's um let's see what was it going with that oh oh it's all the names the name change oh yeah so mm -hmm. it, it, the, i guess the contrast was with the east because the only attention that the herbalism was getting at that time, it was largely decredited back in the early 90s. It was at a very low point where it was, wasn't respected as an ancient passed down tradition. Rather, it was um, seen as a kooky thing that a few hippies or, or you know, uh, people on I the see. sidelines did. It wasn't trusted. It wasn't being marketed in the, in the stores in preparations, nor was it accepted to go to an herbalist for, for advice. So, well, rather than, um, you know, rather than just support um, the popularity of Eastern medicine is no matter how credible it is, and we do think it's some of the most effective uh, forms of natural healing out there, it's traditional Chinese medicine, for example, mm -hmm. but, but rather than just catering to that, that we would reestablish a, uh, an, a voice, you know, an environment for Western traditions to again be celebrated and for the people of this land, North and South America, to be able to speak about their ways, their approaches, the plants they use and uh, how they've healed each other for thousands of years. And then it morphed from that to other uh, stages. Now it's at the Sweet Medicine is, is the name of the river that we live on prior to being called the St. Francis, long before there were Spaniards arriving in our area, the area of our home, mm -hmm. there was the sweet medicine river of, of the ancient peoples. And so we were the good medicine 
confluence, the place where the medicine of science combines with the medicine of magic, of spirituality, of the ancient ones, and of our predicated future that we can look forward to if we, if we too help create that future. And so that was the place, that was the rendezvous of all these ideas and of all these peoples. And it ended up being a shelter or a, a tent, I should say, for everybody who felt neglected or a misfit or unwanted by other established you know, groups and communities. We became the place for the self-identified misfit. For, for the misfits, yeah. Know, and, uh, <laughs> and the people to celebrate being different. And, uh, and so they, the, now they're coming together, even though it's under the auspices of the study of plant medicine, it truly has become this coming together of people to celebrate the fact that, oh my God, there are other people, if not like me, there are other people that are also you know, edge dwellers that are also unique, they're celebrating a differentness that may have been tread upon by society in any way, shape or fashion, but there they can feel like they can be themselves, not just safely, but embraced, celebrated. It's a place to dance who you are, no matter who you are. And that's so much more than just herbalism. Oh my God, Wolf, that is awesome. And um, we are going to talk more about that. We're gonna take a quick break and uh, we're going to come back with uh, Jesse Wolf Harden telling us about uh, the Good Confluence and telling us a little more about his work that's coming up. And we'll be right back. We are all here to do something specific and unique to our original blueprint. Soul contracts can clear up questions you have about yourself and others while putting you on the right path that is uniquely yours. It speeds up the work of self-development exponentially and gives you practical tools for daily living. To learn about or experience a soul contract reading, go to www.mikaleone.com and get your free 15-minute consult to find out if a soul contract is right for you. Welcome back to How to Heal. I am Mika Leone Pettit and I am here with Jesse Wolf Harden amazing artist, activist, counselor, musician, historian, and so much more. So Wolf, please, please uh, tell us more about the, the Good Confluence and that's coming up on um, the beginning. What was the first year on that? You there, Wolf? Hello, yes, it's, 11, <laughs> it's, the, it's the 11th year now. <laughs> <laughs> the 11th year, so that would be 2010 it started. 2010, and then two years later, Plant Healer Quarterly launched as a, as a way for all those teachers to be able to reach even more people through a, a digital magazine. Now, do you have any teachers that have stayed with you the entire 11 years? Yes, there are indeed. And uh, we've, in fact, it's there's a core of, of, of loyalists and, and troublemakers and, and <laughs> stargazers i'll tell you and it's 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 been pretty wild uh, jim mcdonald paul bergner uh matthew wood uh and dara saville uh rose rosemary gladstar there's just been so many people that have be entered into the plant healer uh experience and then just became a vital extension of it became you know spokespeople and and members of this, this wild tribe and you sound like you have a big family now. That's how I felt when I found you guys back in the end of 2019. 
I found you guys and I felt that way. I felt it was very warm, all the pictures, uh, the invites, the pages. You wanna tell us a little more about, and I noticed how you, you mix in a little of the plant magic and with the pictures. In, into the magazine? Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, it's, uh, it's probably being a graphic artist and a musician, it's, it's my whole thinking is always aesthetic and I, I can't even imagine you know, uh, civil disobedience action without it being beautiful in some way or other, you know, involving costumes and dance and song and a revolution we can dance to. And it's, it's the same with a publication. I can't imagine words, no matter how valuable, inspiring, fact-filled, whatever, that aren't brought to life ever more so by some kind of graphics. So we work in paintings from classical to, to, to modern fantasy artists. And we work in photos that are not just accurate pictures of an herb or a plant for identification purposes, but rather they, they, they capture the soul and the spirit and the beauty of each of these wondrous beings. So it's, it's a great pleasure to put that together every three months. I bet, I bet. And, and um, also too, and you have big, long, I mean, amazing articles um, for people to read around plant medicine and different aspects. And you wanna talk about different um, topics that come up in your magazine? Yeah, it's, uh, it's for people wanting in depth. Uh, we, we have a monthly that's not, not so much so, that's shorter pieces, but mm -hmm. in this world of Twitter and, and short attention spans and all the things we hear about, uh, on national public radio down there in the wilds, you know, it's, in spite of all of that, there is a thirst for in-depth combination of personal experience, personal inspiration, research, fact-based research, you know, and uh, practical sensibilities of how to apply that in the real world, how to actually fix bodies of, you know, how to actually add to the healing of, of mental health you know, contribute to a sense of self and role. And so putting all those things together into one package, uh, it requires a lot of words. So we have anywhere from 4,000 to 15,000, uh, you know, up to 30 page mm -hmm. uh, articles. But the reason for that is for those who are into plants and personal healing in a deep way, or the healing of communities and of spirit, who basically want to recreate a new ethos, create a new mythos for the world, mm -hmm. that this is the place to go and immerse oneself in all that these different teachers and writers have to give. And it's a great pleasure to be able to do that. Exactly. Um, and now that leads us into the confluence because some of these teachers are also going to be at the confluence this year, which is going to be held online um, July 16th through the 18th. So um, you want to talk a little more about the confluence? Yes, every and year it's evolved over the years. Yeah. Oh, yes. Every year has been a little bit different, but as I was talking about earlier, but at the same time, it's been this core sense of people gathering to be around their people, as well as gathering around this love for green beings. And so they're looking to change society and change their lives, as well as to change how they approach dealing with wounds or you know, stomach problems or any of the myriad other human ailments. Mm -hmm. And so it's this amazing gathering of human beings who have brought about an evolution of what kinds of topics are brought in. So now there's not only the clinical uh, skills needed to treat people, 
is not only the herbal profiles, but these intense plant walks where people go out and engage the different plants in various areas. There's been these uh, people who are medicine makers of new ways of creating medicine and new ways of combining it and getting amazing new effects. Mm. People like yourself who aren't just introducing uh, the healing powers of plants, but also the healing powers of the rest of, of this guy and earth and being. You know, a amber being as much a reflection of plant spirit, you know, hardened yes. into yeah, this Yeah, and resin. Yeah, turn <laughs> it into a gel, right? <laughs> it still represents and vibrates like a living being. And mm -hmm. so finding other healing modalities that are not strictly herbs, not limited to herbs, but they're, they're part of this medicine kit that we need to make ourselves and our community better places and better people. Very nice. Um, and uh, I will be teaching there, yeah, two classes. One is on the amber, like he was saying, for um, an intriguing about the magic and the health throughout the ages of the amber, um, and also essential oils and the emotions, um, using essential oils for mood management and life enhancement, you know, because a lot of people not realize um, the impact their emotions have on their daily lives. And it's pretty much about 90% of our daily activities that we, we naturally do are subconscious. So mm -hmm. your, yeah, yeah, your emotions it will play a lot into that mood management and, and how you manage those. So yeah, those will be the two classes that I will be teaching at the Confluence this year. And I'm also having a ticket giveaway at the beginning of July, and you can go to the website, um, it's and I joined the newsletter to be entered into the drawing. And you wanna tell a little more Wolf about anything that's coming up this year that, that they may be interested in um, well, at the Good Confluence? Confluence, yes. Importantly, it's the one and only, I hope the only, and uh, online event. So every other year has been in person in a wild as we could get place. And again, next year will be Durango, Colorado, the return of the tribe. So people will be flying from all over the world to come together in person to be able to hug again and exchange energy in the midst of mountains and, and, and rivers and be far from their normal environs. The problem with that is that it's so expensive to come to for traveling for people that are a long ways away. And it takes some time saving for up to a year. And there's, whereas there's six classes per time slot in a real live event like next year's and every year before this, you know, registrants had to choose which was the most important for them and miss out on the other five. Yeah. And, and then one major advantage that I see to, to that disastrous COVID having postponed our live events and some and, and affected us in so many horrible ways is that it's brought us into the art and intensity of our purposes, helped us focus back on that. And for confluence goers, it's allowed people to, it's going to allow people to see all six classes in each and every of three days worth of spots. And they can stream all of them to, over a period of two months, they can have access to all the films. So it will not only be the live environment of a party of questions and answers of interactions between teachers and students, but it will be two months that all of their gifts of recordings and, and your beautiful video recording will still be available for people to look at. I'm definitely looking forward to it. And 
Also, you can also be able to do that even after we do the in-person one next year too, right? You guys may still have the online so that it's, you know, other people that can't attend will have the option to see it. Well, we'll see what kind of response <laughs> we get this year. Yeah. It's, our, it's uh, digital. There's a lot of people that say they're tired of digital. There's others that say they've been craving to come and be a part of something this exciting, but couldn't do it before. And this is their opportunity. So as always, the plant healer tribe will determine what we do because we, we live, we do this work for you. Very nice, Jesse. I am so looking forward to it. And again, you guys can go to get in the giveaway um, for the July 16th through 18th, uh, Good Medicine Confluence. And it's going to be, you can go to my website at mikaleon.com. And also too, you can hit plant healers. You can go to Jesse's site and just go to the events page. Is that correct, Jesse? Um, planthealers.org and the event page. Yeah, absolutely. They, they can connect to everything there. They'll also get a uh, chance to sign up for the free monthly herbaria if they like. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jesse. And you know what? We didn't get to cover everything today because I would like to have you guys back on um, regarding um, your oracle and your books. We didn't even get really even get into your book topics um, much today or the oracle. And um, I'd love to have you back on someday for that. Well, it's so wonderful talking to you that I'm, I'm sure we would be happy to do that anytime. Thank you so much, Wolf. And thank you guys for listening. And thank you, everybody. Next until next time.